Well, if you've got your copy of God's Word, you can open up to John chapter 19 is where we're going to be at today. John 19. I want to talk to you today about looking at the crucifixion and resurrection from a different perspective. Now, you realize perspective is really what it's all about. You see it from different angles and in different views. And there are many kind of captions that we look at. And you look here in this picture, it all depends on where you're standing as to what you see, a six or a nine. When you look at other pictures like this one, you see the man is stranded on an island and he's excited to see a rescue boat, whereas the guy in the boat is excited to find land because he's been on there for quite some time. It's all about your perspective. Well, these guys looking at some lumber, one sees four pieces, whereas you stand on the other side, you see three. Or one of my favorites is the picture where what do you see, an older lady or a younger lady? It really is all determined by your perspective. To be honest with you, when we think about the crucifixion and the resurrection, we can see it from many a perspective. We can actually look at it from Mary's perspective as the mother of the, of the Savior as he's sitting there dying on the cross. You can sense her pain. You might even can see it from the perspective of the criminals who are hung on the two crosses beside of him. You might even can see it from the perspective of the high priest from the Pharisees and the Sadducees and those that are mocking him. You might even can see it from the perspective of the disciples. But today I want to take you down a different path. I want to take it from a different perspective and to see about the crucifixion and resurrection. So we're going to look at John chapter 19 beginning in verse 30 and here's what we read. And when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Therefore, because it was the preparation day that the bodies should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. And the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. And he who has seen has testified, and his testimony is true, and he knows that he's telling the truth so that you may believe. For these things were done, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they have pierced. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus. And Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. They took the body of Jesus and bound it in strips of linen with the spices, as the custom of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb, in which no one had yet been laid. So there they laid Jesus because of the Jews. Preparation day for the tomb was nearby. Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They've taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together. And the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down, he looked in, saw the linen clothes lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen clothes lying there. 
and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. Today I want to take it from a different perspective. I want you to journey with me to two places today. The first place I'd like you to journey with me to is in the very pits of hell. I want you to see this scene from hell's perspective. I want you to see what's taking place as the day of the crucifixion goes on. I can picture it now as the demons are gathered around Satan in his throne room, and all of a sudden one demon comes running in. Sir, sir, Judas has done it. You finally broke him. You got him. He's betrayed him. Your plan is beginning to unfold. He's betrayed him. He kissed him on the cheek. He's turned away. All the disciples are looking on, wondering what's happened. The temple guards have arrested him, and they've taken him from the garden, and the disciples have fled. Oh, sir, your plan is working. It's coming across seamlessly. About that time, a second demon comes running in. Sir, sir, it's happening. They've brought him before the high priest. They've brought him before Anas and Caiaphas. They've condemned him. In fact, they've told many lies. In fact, they can't even get their story straight, but they want him dead so bad, they don't even care. They don't like this guy. They want him gone, and we can understand why. But you know the best part about it? Oh, did you see Peter has denied him. That's right, all the disciples fled, but Peter somehow showed up and he's denied him. And he didn't deny him a few times, he denied him three times, and now he's run off. His most beloved disciple has left him. Oh, sir, it's happening. It's happening. A third demon runs into the throne room. Sir, sir, look at what's going on. He's standing before Pilate. Pilate is judging him. Oh, we thought the plan was messed up. We thought it was foiled when Pilate decided he stood up and he said, Look, I can give to you Barabbas or I can give to you Jesus. We thought your plan was foiled because we thought there was no way they would choose an insurrectionist. There's no way they would choose a murderer, someone who stole from them. Someone who could cause the Romans to come in against them. But guess what? They picked Barabbas. Sir, it's going according to plan. Pilate has sent him off with the Roman guards and they're beating him. You should see it as that cat of nine tails continuously hits his back and rips his flesh right off. You know, the Romans are beating him and not the Jews and so they're They're beating him as many times as they like, and they're mocking him. They've even untied him, and they've put a purple robe on him. And they've set a crown of thorns upon his head and put a reed in his hand, and they're mocking him as a king. Sir, can you believe it? It's happening just the way you wanted it to go. They're mocking him. They're ridiculing him. Oh, it's such a joyous day for us here. Not only that, but they brought him out. And Pilate offered him up and asked the crowd, what do you want to do with him? And they said, crucify him. 
We're talking about the very ones, the very ones who just a week before were shouting Hosanna to the son of David in the highest, the very ones who were praising and celebrating him. Even some of the ones he healed, some of the ones that he took care of, they turned on him and they want him to be crucified. And Pilate washed, washed his hands and said his blood be upon you. Oh, sir, do you realize Jesus is losing We're winning. He's not speaking a word. He's being silent. Everything is going according to plan. A fourth demon comes running in. Oh, sir. I saw Jesus carrying his cross and he's so beaten and bruised and messed up. He couldn't even make it all the way. They had to grab a Cyrene by the name of Simon to carry the cross the rest of the way. And then when they got in there, they put him on that cross. And the guards began to grab the nails and they pounded it into his hands. And they pounded it into his feet. And he was breathing in pain. And then they took that cross and they dropped it in that hole. And every bone and every muscle was jerked out of joint. You could see the painful expression on Jesus' face. And not only that, but very people that had praised him and worshipped him were now blaspheming him. They're walking by and they're blaspheming Jesus. The Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes, they're all at the foot of the cross and they're mocking him and they're laughing and they're jeering. And guess what? The angels are doing nothing. Nothing. Sir, we're winning. Can you see what's going on? Not only that, the most amazing thing happened. The thieves turned on him too. I looked down and then his mother walked away along with the last of his disciples. They walked away and they left him on the cross to die there. The women are there weeping, but they can't do anything. This scene is amazing. And you know what else happened? All of a sudden it became dark. And I heard the Son of God. He said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? God turned his back on his son. Everybody's left him. We are winning. And if that's not enough, I heard Jesus say, it is finished. He's done for. He's through. He's dead. And all the demons began to celebrate and cheer and excitement arises on their faces. Satan sitting there on his throne begins to say to himself, I tried from the very beginning to defeat God's plan and I failed. I tried again during the time of Noah when I got the people to commit unrighteous acts and turn against God, and I failed. I tried again when I used Herod to try to kill all the babies to keep Jesus from even growing up, and I failed. I tried again when Jesus was in the desert, and I tempted him, and I tempted him, and I tempted him, but I never could get him to turn. But now we've got him, and we win. And hell celebrated that day. 
Hell was excited. There was cheering. There was roaring. There was such excitement going on in hell during the day of the crucifixion. They believed they had won. But I want you to see it from the side of heaven too. You see, you can see it now. As God is on his throne and he's looking down. And the angels are viewing the sight themselves. And one of the angels turns around to God and says, Lord God Almighty, holy, holy, holy. Did you see one of his disciples has betrayed him? Judas has turned his back on him. Have you seen this? What, what, is, what is the Savior going to do? What's, what's he going to do? His own disciples turn him. The guards have arrested him. They've carried him off. Peter tried to fight him, but Jesus stopped him. Lord God Almighty, what are, what are we going to do? They're taking him away to be tried. And God says, be still, my angel. This is my plan. I got this. Another angel looks down and he says, Lord God Almighty, holy, holy, holy. Do you see what the high priest, that Pharisee, he's, he's mocking your son. He's ridiculing him. They're lying about him. They're saying he said things he didn't say. Lord, what are you going to do? We've got to rescue him. We can't allow this to go on like this. We can't allow them to continue to do this to him. Do you not see what's happening? Even Peter, Peter, the one that walked with Jesus and was in that inner circle, even he has denied him. Lord, what are you, what are you going to do? And God says, be at peace, my servant. This is all a part of my plan. I got this. A third angel gazing down says, Lord God Almighty, holy, holy, holy. Look at what Pilate is doing to him. Pilate is judging him. He has no right to judge the ultimate judge of all the world. What's he doing? They offered Barabbas versus Jesus. And the very people that worshipped him have, have turned on him. Lord God Almighty, Go down there. Just save him. Help him. Please. Don't allow this to go on. Do you not see that they've now taken him and they're, they're beating him? Lord, if you'll give me a thousand angels, give me a legion, I'll go down there and I'll rescue him. I'll take him away. He doesn't deserve this. He's loved them. He's cared for them. He's freed them. He's, he's done so many things for them. And now they're betraying him. Let us go down there. We'll stop it right now. Oh God, do you, do you not see? They're turning him over to be crucified. Pilate has washed his hands. He's, he's through. He's done. They've attributed him as guilty. God, please stop this. And God speaks to his angel, be still. I got this. This is all a part of my plan. A fourth angel, Lord God Almighty, holy, holy, holy. He's carrying the cross. They're going to kill him. He gets to Calvary and they've nailed him to the cross. 
They're treating him like a criminal. They're treating him like the vilest man that's ever walked this earth. They've nailed him. They're hurting him. They're mocking him. They're abusing him. Please, let me take a legion of angels and save him. He does not deserve this. Please, let us go down there. Even the thieves are mocking him. All those that are around there except for the women. Even Mary, his mother, has gone off and John has left him. There's nobody there. He's all alone. Please stop this. Please stop it. About that time, God stands up from his throne. And he looks down where his son is being crucified. It becomes dark. And God turned his back on his son. And heaven fell silent. Heaven fell silent. There were no more words. God has turned his back on his son. They look down and they hear Jesus declare it is finished. They see the guards take a spear and jam it in his side and blood and water pours out. And they've declared him dead and they put him in a tomb. And heaven is silent. Hell was cheering. Heaven was silent. For three days it went on like that. But the story wasn't over. Because you see on that Sunday morning before the sun arose. A demon comes running in to the gates of hell where they're still celebrating their victory. And he runs in. Sir, sir, I was, I was at the tomb like you told me to be. And you won't believe it. But the ground started shaking. And then the stone got rolled back. And the guards all fell down like they were dead. And the women, they took off running. I don't know what's going on, but it don't look good for us. I'm a little bit scared, but something's happening, and I don't know what it is, but we better be careful. About that time, a second demon comes in. Sir, I got news. I was with the disciples where they were hiding, keeping an eye on them like you wanted me to. And the women came in, and they said something. And all of a sudden, Peter and John bolted out of there like lightning. And they ran, and I followed them. And they got to the tomb, and as they got to the tomb, John stopped short of going in. And he looked in, but Peter ran right on in. And, sir, you won't believe it. You won't believe what I saw. The linen cloth that he was wrapped in, they're laying flat. The handkerchief that was over his face, it wasn't over his face anymore. The body's not there. What are we going to do? A third demon comes running in. Sir, sir. You won't believe it. I was with the Pharisees. They were celebrating too, just like us. But the guards came in. And the guards came in. They said, we're scared. We're afraid we're going to lose our lives because the body's not there. We lost the body. We lost him. 
And the Pharisees began to scatter among themselves saying, hey, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll just tell them that the, the disciples, you know, those guys hiding in the, another room, that they stole the body, that they wanted to rescue him. And because of that, we are okay. The Pharisees are even bribing the guards to tell that story. But sir, I think we're in trouble. Do you know where the body is? Have you seen it? The fourth demon comes in. Sir, we're in trouble. We're really in trouble. I was on the road to Emmaus. And there were these two guys walking. And they were talking about what happened in Jerusalem. And while on the road to Emmaus, as I was watching, this guy comes up. And he didn't act like he knew a whole lot. But the next thing we know, he begins to talk to them. And he begins to use the Bible. And, and he, he talked about some passages in there like from Psalm 16 that you wouldn't let your Holy One see corruption. And, and, and then in Isaiah 53, it talks about him being exalted and high and lifted up. And he was talking about that. And then all of a sudden he ate with them and then he disappeared out of there. And guess where I found him after that? That guy that disappeared with those other guys that he was walking on the road to Emmaus. I found him in the upper room with the disciples. And you know what he did? He showed him his hands. And he showed him his side. He's alive. Do you realize we're in trouble? What's going on? And Satan begins to stand up and jeer. What's happening? This is not a part of my plan. This is not how it's supposed to go. You can't defeat death. You can't take it back. You turned on him. All of his people turned on him. How can you do this? This is not fair. This is not how it's supposed to go down. This is not what you're supposed to do. How can you do this? How could this happen? And I'll tell you. At that point, hell fell silent. There was no more cheering. There was no more joy. Oh, but in heaven, as they were looking down, the father called one of his angels over to him. He said, I got a job for you. I need you to go down there. I need you to roll back that stone. I need you to knock out the guards. And then I got a message you need to tell the women that are coming. You need to tell them, he's risen. He's not here. Go on over to Galilee. I need you to do that for me. As the other angels are peering on, wondering this conversation that's going on with God, they're down there looking and they're seeing these things transpire. They look down and they begin to see all these glorious things happening They look down and they see the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And the angels begin to say, is that him? Is that him? Is that that the guy? And then they see him in the upper room. They go, that's him. That's the one. That's what we've been waiting for. Are you kidding? He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. And the angels begin to celebrate. And they're excited. And their silence is turned to cheering. They recognize That this was all a part of God's plan the whole time. The whole time God had planned this. The whole time. Why? And God stood up and he spoke to his angels. And he said, 
because I had prophecies to fulfill. You see, I told about this long ago. I told it about the first time Satan tried to beat me. Do you not remember? I told you to hit bruise your heel, but I'd crush his head. Well, I told about this all the way back to Abraham when I told him that all the descendants of the world would be blessed by me and through his seed and that seed would be the Messiah. Oh, yeah, I had prophecies to fulfill. I had promises to keep. I had to do what I said I was going to do. I had to show up right on time. I had to fulfill everything that I had spoken beforehand. Don't you worry. I got this covered. What you don't realize is, is I had to defeat sin. I had to take it down to the grave. I had to pay the ultimate price. I had to give my son so that their sins could be forgiven, so that they could live eternally with me. I had to take care of them. I had to blot out their iniquities. I had to raise up the the Son of God. I had to finish up the sacrifices Because he was the perfect lamb of God. I was there to free man, to sustain man, to carry man, to die for man, to pay for man, and to raise them up with me eternally. And it's because the Son of God is alive, they too shall rise one day. I came to instill grace. I came to restore hope. And I came to give faith. To mankind. And I have one more thing to tell you. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. As hell fell silent, heaven cheered. Heaven cheered because they knew God had won. Hell was frozen because they knew they had lost. All that planning All that conniving, all that deception, all that they tried to do, all that they tried to take away from God, they failed. And they failed miserably. You see, when you can look at something from a different perspective, it might just change the way you feel about something. My question for you today, you know why God died on the cross? It was to glorify himself and pay for your sins. But you see, even though he died, that's not where he remained. That's not where he stayed because of a promise he had made. You see, if death was the end of the road for us, if that was all that we're living for, if this is all we've got in life, we are of most people to be pitiable. We just should be pitied. But it's not all we've got. Because of what Jesus did, we understand this is not our home. This is temporary. We have an eternal home that has been bought and paid for so that your sins could be wiped away. Have you experienced this victory today? Have you experienced the victory that has come through Jesus Christ? They sang about it. The word talks about it. The question is, have you experienced it? Do you know what he did for you? Well, I hope you see it. He paid the ultimate price and he gave his life. You know, the the thing is, is it's as simple as this for you to be saved today. The Bible in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 says this. 
If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now to confess him as Lord doesn't mean you just give him lip service. It means he has all of you. He gave his all for you. Will you give your all to him today?